Welcome to the Fitness Contrarian Podcast. In this episode, we're going to go over how to get started with intermittent fasting if you're over the age of 50 to lose weight and improve your health. And this is going to be a complete guide to intermittent fasting. I'm going to map out an eight-week program that you can easily follow to lose weight and improve your health. Now, I actually recorded this podcast when I was taking my two-hour Sunday walk outside. See, every Sunday morning, I wake up, I have two cups of black coffee, I drink a big bottle of mineral water, and then in a fasted state, because I didn't take in any calories at this point, I take a nice two-hour walk outside. So if you hear some birds chirping, if you hear me breathing heavy during the podcast, just realize that I'm recording it while I'm walking outside. So let's get started with the podcast. I think you're going to find it really informative. So let's get right into the topic. The intermittent fasting really is an amazing way to lower your body fat and to improve your health. And just so you know, just if you never heard the term intermittent fasting, all it means is that you're cycling between periods of eating and fasting. That's why like the term breakfast, break fast, like when you're asleep at night, you're in a fasted state, you wake up, you have your first meal is breakfast, you're breaking your fast for the day. And that's all intermittent fasting means. And the reason why intermittent fasting works so well is one main reason is you're reducing calories without necessarily trying. Like most people who give themselves a smaller eating window will automatically consume less calories. That's what all the research is showing. And since I've worked with like hundreds, if not thousands of people and put them on all different types of intermittent fasting protocols and strategies, most people, I would say 90% of the people automatically eat less food. So that's one reason why intermittent fasting works so well. And then there's also so many hormonal benefits of being in a fasted state. You have to look at it like this. Either you're storing calories or you're burning calories. So whenever you eat a meal, Whatever calories that you're not burning right then get stored away with the aid of storage hormones like insulin. See, insulin is one of the most powerful hormones in the body. It helps store away excess calories. For example, carbohydrates get stored in your muscle and your liver. Obviously, fat gets stored in fat cells. So when you eat a big meal, the pancreas produces insulin and it stores away those excess calories, right? The thing is that when you're processing the foods you eat, like a meal, you're not really burning stored energy. You're not burning body fat. So when insulin is high, you're in storage mode. But when you're in a fasted state, like say you've been sleeping all night, insulin is low, you're actually dipping into stored energy. You're burning carbohydrates, right? You're burning body fat. And if you can increase the amount of time you spend in a fasted state, in my opinion, you're going to improve your health, you're going to improve your insulin sensitivity, right? And you're going to lower your body fat because you're going to be dipping into fat stores. I don't know if people get intimidated is the right word, but some people are reluctant to try fasting because it sounds so kooky to them. Right? They say, oh my God, aren't you supposed to eat multiple meals a day? Aren't you supposed to eat three meals a day? Isn't breakfast the most important meal? But when you really look at the research, things like your metabolism doesn't necessarily slow down when you're in a fasted state. There's actually some research that even says that when you fast for say 24 hours, I know that may sound, sound crazy to you, it actually increases your metabolism. Like counter-regulatory hormones 
actually kick in like human growth hormone cortisol. So don't be afraid that if you're skipping a meal or you're giving yourself a shorter eating window, that your metabolism will slow down. It shouldn't. So let's go over what I think is probably the easiest way to get started with intermittent fasting. And I wanna map out two different strategies that I like. One is literally just eating breakfast 90 minutes later and then eating dinner 90 minutes earlier. It's the simplest way to get started. So when you wake up in the morning, it's, you know, after you, whatever, you know, you brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, do your normal routine. Instead of just instantly eating something, just wait 90 minutes. Don't even change your diet at this point. Just wait 90 minutes. Have a cup of black coffee. Like you can have no calorie type liquids like black coffee, green tea, herbal teas. But just wait before you consume any calories for 90 minutes. And then when it comes to eating dinner, just eat dinner 90 minutes earlier. So for example, instead of having, say, a 12-hour eating window, most people eat 12 hours or more every day and they eat a whole bunch of multiple meals. But if you just delay breakfast 90 minutes, eat dinner 90 minutes sooner, maybe you'll be, you'll, maybe you'll be in, say, an 8-hour eating window or a 10-hour eating window. It's going to help you reduce calories without having you count calories. There was a study that I looked at a couple of years ago. I think it said about 57 or 58% of the people who did that, just delayed breakfast and ate dinner earlier, reduced their calories. Plus this study also talked about there were improvements in people's blood work who did that. So we, and the people obviously lost weight who did that. So it's a great way to reduce calories. Great way to, to extend your time within a fasted state. And we're not talking about changing your diet at this point. So I would say that if you want to just get started, that's such an easy way to get started. And let's say you would do that for two weeks. I think after two weeks, you're going to be a little bit lighter. I also think you're going to be sleeping better because you're going to be eating dinner sooner, digesting, processing your food, and actually be getting a better night's sleep because you're not going to be snacking at night. Now at night, you can do the same thing you did in the morning. You can have herbal teas. You know, I don't recommend you have caffeine. You can drink mineral water, stay hydrated. But you, there's going to be more benefits to, to eating dinner earlier and breakfast later beyond just weight loss. You're actually going to be healthier in a couple of weeks. But then after you've been doing this for two weeks and you're somewhat used to it, I think then you can skip to probably what is the most popular type of intermittent fasting, which is called 16-8. That's where you specifically say to yourself, you know, I'm going to fast for 16 hours and then I'm going to take in all my calories within an eight-hour eating window. So for example, the same thing, you wake up in the morning, you have your black coffee, your green tea, your mineral water, and then you don't have anything to eat, no calories, until say 12 in the afternoon. And then you say you're going to make sure you have dinner before 8 in the evening. Make sure you're done eating before 8 in the evening. So you're giving yourself an 8-hour eating window and maybe even having three meals within that 8-hour eating window and then no snacks after 8 p.m. And I would do that for a couple of weeks, for two more weeks, right? So initially, maybe you were in a 10-hour eating window when you were delaying breakfast and eating dinner earlier, now you're doing it for a couple of more hours. So now you're truly in a fasted state for 16 hours. And I would do that for two more weeks. And just think about it, at this point, 
you haven't changed your diet. Now, this is the next two weeks. This is what I would do to take it to the next step. Now, the next thing I would do is now I would say, you know what? During my eight-hour eating window, when I'm doing 16-8, I'm only going to have two meals. And what some people call that is called too mad, like two meals a day. So, for example, at 12 in the afternoon, you're going to break your fast, have a nice meal, right? Then you're going to wait. And then at 7 o'clock at night, you're going to have your second meal. That's going to have some increased benefits too. Because most people are actually, it's somewhat counterintuitive. That's, that's, that's why this topic really fits this podcast, Fitness Contrarian, because I'm trying to talk about contrarian type, type topics when it comes to fitness, health, and weight loss. And intermittent fasting really is contrarian. Even though it's popular now, you speak to the average person on the street, they tell them to skip a meal, they think you're crazy. But there really is a lot of science and there's going to be more and more science coming out every single year about the benefits of being in a fasted state. Okay, so now week four through six, you're going to be just giving yourself only two meals a day during your eight-hour eating window. So now at this point, you're six weeks into it, I think you should, you, you probably have lost a good amount of weight. You're probably sleeping better. I'm sure you're feeling better. But you've been in a calorie deficit now for six weeks. And this is something I'm a big believer of, and it's also somewhat counterintuitive. See, unfortunately, even though when you're fasting and you're getting what I talked about earlier, those counter-regulatory hormones kick in, like more human growth hormone, which minimizes the slowdown in your metabolism, whenever you lose weight, and you're a smaller person, there's something called metabolic adaptation, meaning that your metabolism will always slow down to some degree because you're smaller. But if you stay in a calorie deficit, especially on extreme, an extreme one, for extended periods of time, you can actually over-exaggerate the slowdown in your metabolism. So I'm a big believer in taking diet breaks. Where if you've been in a calorie deficit five, six weeks, it's probably a good idea to up your calories to at least maintenance, if not more, for a few days, if not a week. So now that you've been doing this intermittent fasting for six weeks, I think it's time now for week seven to actually take a diet break. And you can do it in multiple different ways. Either you can stay with the 16-8, but really make a conscious effort to increase the amount of calories you're eating. So if you're doing too mad, maybe you want to go back to eating three meals a day. Sneak in an extra meal, say eating an additional 500 calories. Or maybe you want to go back to just eating three meals a day in, say, a 10-hour eating window. And I would do that for a few days. Let's say you do that for four or five days. Now, don't get upset if you stop losing weight. Don't get upset if you gain a pound or two. And, and it may even be counterintuitive. Some people even lose weight when they increase their calories because the more you eat, the, like food, like there's the thermic effect of food. When you eat protein, your body like burns calories digesting and processing the protein. So the more food you eat to some degree is going to increase your metabolism. But if you did that, say week seven, I think it's a real smart move. It's better for long-term weight loss. Okay, now let's go now into week eight. Okay, now this is the point where I think you, you're, you know, you're a little bit more of a fat burner. You've lost some weight. You just had a diet break. Now is the time also to start cleaning up the diet. And this is what I mean by cleaning it up. If you've been eating processed foods, you know, if you've just been eating, in my opinion, too many empty calories, 
What's going to help you with the long-term weight loss and just good for your health is to eat a whole natural food diet. And I'm also a big believer in a low-carb diet. I'm not saying, I'm not talking keto. You know, you may have heard the term keto, ketogenic, where you're going extremely low-carb. But I think a mo- like a moderately low-carb diet is a healthy thing to do. Because out of all the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbs, there are no essential carbohydrates, meaning that your body can make glucose, can make carbohydrates whenever it has to. Like the liver has that capability. It's called gluconeogenesis. But when it comes to fats and when it comes to proteins, like there are, there are essential amino acids. That there are certain proteins that if you don't eat them, you're not going to be healthy. There are certain fats, those essential fatty acids that you have to eat for good health. But when it comes to carbohydrates, you really can eat an extremely low carbohydrate diet and be healthy. But I don't think you go extremely low. This is my general rule. Let's say you're 150 pounds or less. If you can eat, say, somewhere between, say, 100 grams of carbohydrates or less, which is 400 calories, mostly in the form of, say, vegetables and your healthy carbohydrates, I think you're doing great. And if you're over 150 pounds, you know, maybe eat 150 grams of carbohydrates a day, 600 calories. If you're 250 pounds, maybe 200 grams of carbohydrates. But I find most people who struggle with their weight long term eat too many carbohydrates. And there isn't too much nutrition. Carbohydrates are not necessarily nutritionally dense foods unless it's things like vegetables and some fruits, which I think you should be eating. Then I also want you to make sure you're eating good quality sources of protein. You know, I do like animal protein. I'm somewhat of a pescatarian. I eat red meat occasionally. I eat a lot of fish all the time. A general rule is every four ounces of chicken, fish, and meat is about 25 grams of protein. So you want to make sure you're getting a good amount of protein from good sources. I love eggs. I even like, you know, certain types of dairy, like maybe like a Greek yogurt. It's like a high-protein fermented type dairy, which I think is good for you as well. And then when it comes to your fats, you're going to get most of your fats from the whole natural food you're eating, meaning that you're going to be eating, say, avocados. Even though avocado is, is, is a fruit, it's high in those monounsaturated fats, loaded with fiber. It's, I think of avocado as a superfood. I personally eat an avocado every single day. You're going to be getting a good amount of fat from eating whole eggs. You're going to get a good amount of fat from eating like salmon and sardines and things like that. And also, when it comes to your vegetables and your salads that you're eating, when you're eating your carbohydrates, you're going to be using like extra virgin olive oil, which is loaded with polyphenols and all the great stuff. So don't, when I advocate like a low carb, relatively high fat, adequate amount of protein type diet, I'm not talking about like putting butter on everything or like putting oils in your coffee or trying to like putting mayonnaise on everything you're doing. I'm talking about getting your fats from whole natural foods. And there's a couple of apps that I use. Like I like MyFitnessPal. It's such an easy, it's a free app that you can get on your phone and you can kind of track the foods that you're eating. It'll tell you how many grams of protein, fats, and carbs you're eating. It'll tell you where your macronutrients are. It'll tell you how many calories you're eating, how many grams of protein. You know, it's such a, it's a great app. It's very eye-opening. But if the fact that you were able to get to this point within the diet, like you're seven weeks in, I think you're ready to clean up the diet. And I think you're going to be shocked on how well you're going to do. And I would do that for another couple of weeks now. So say you're week eight, nine, you're kind of like, 
a little over two months into, into this. At this point, you should be substantially lower in body fat. I think you should also, as like I talked about earlier, you should be feeling better, you should be sleeping better, and you should be thinking, say, wow, I think I can truly do this long term. Now, I also want to make another point. Most people use the term intermittent fasting. But the program I've been talking about since you're doing this every day is really something called time-restricted eating. Some people call it, call it time-restricted feeding because you're doing it every single day. Let's say that you reached your goal weight following the exact program I talked about. Let's say you know, you've been doing this 9, 10 weeks. You took one diet break. Maybe you're ready for another diet break. And you've lost 20 pounds and you're happy with your weight. What I would do now is I would put the intermittent back into intermittent fasting, meaning that you don't necessarily have to do it every single day. You can say, you know what? I'm going to do 16, 8, five days a week, only eating two meals a day, too mad. But you know, Saturday, you know, I've been depriving myself on Saturdays. I love, I normally would go out Saturdays, have a little wine, have a nice meal. I think you should do that. So Saturday could be a day which is almost like a diet break day, but done intermittently. Like instead of taking a whole week off, that's an up calorie day for you. Some people will say a cheat day where you're maybe, you're eating 1,000, 1,500 calories extra, but that's actually good because you know what, know what you're doing there? You're actually cycling your calories. You're able to go out and enjoy yourself. And this may be an amazing long-term plan for you. So you do 16, eight, five days a week, you have a cheat day on Saturday. You may even want to have a cheat weekend, right? Where you do Saturday and Sunday, but then you go right to 16 day too mad the next week. And that's something you can do, I think, indefinitely to maintain the weight loss. Or whenever you want to increase the weight loss, maybe be strict 16 8, 7 days. Or maybe just keep an eye on how many calories you're eating during your eating windows. I mean, I think this plan is such an easy way to get started with intermittent fasting. It's somewhat painless. And there were so many other strategies. I, I, I wanted this to be just like an introduction, but let's talk about a few of the other ones. There's something called OMAD, eating one meal a day, right? That's when you say you fast for 23 hours and taking all your calories within a one hour eating window. And I typically do that on a Sunday. I like doing OMAD days on Sunday. So after this walk, I'm probably not going to break my fast when I get back from it. I'm probably going to wait till maybe, say, 4 in the afternoon, have a gigantic meal <laughs> for like an hour, and then I'm done eating you know, for the rest of the week. And there's also benefits of doing a 24-hour fast. That's another form of intermittent fasting. You fast for 24 hours, say, once a week or once or twice a week. And there's all different variations of the 16-8. I personally like 18-6 where I fast for 18 hours. I give myself a six-hour eating eating window with two mad with two meals a day. That's probably my favorite long-term strategy. With some diet breaks, I do that all the time. You know, you can do a twenty-hour fast, give yourself a four-hour eating window with only two meals. So there's so many different like ways you can do the intermittent fasting. But the key to it, in my opinion, is to create the base. Do your first eight, nine, 10 weeks, starting off really easy. Don't change your diet at first and go through the progression I, I outlined. Get close to your goal weight and then you can start experimenting. Maybe you, you use the term more advanced 
intermittent fasting strategy, but give it a try. I think you'll be shocked how well and effective it actually works. Now, if you like this podcast, you know, make sure you leave a comment, give me a thumbs up, give me a good rating, recommend it to any of your friends, and also check out my YouTube channel. If you like YouTube, look me up, Mike Cola. I got over 400 videos on my YouTube channel. I would say about a third of them were on weight loss, talking about intermittent fasting a lot. But I also go over exercise prescription and just general like wellness and healthy lifestyle. And it's pretty much geared for people, say, of like 40 years of age or older. So check it out and say, say hello, leave a comment. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.